0: Hello, and welcome to The Leap of Faith. Well, that's a familiar tune, but with a different title, and the words are sung in Yiddish. You may think you recognise it from the 1971 film Fiddler on the Roof, where Zero Mostel's character sings about wealth. But this is the original version, If I Were a Rothschild, inspired by a 1902 monologue that references the wealth of the Rothschilds. They're a Jewish family, frequently the subject of conspiracy theories, many of which have anti-Semitic origins. These centuries-old anti-Jewish tropes and stereotypes still circulate and are not limited to one family, but to an entire religion. And tonight, we hear of an exhibition in the Jewish Museum in London, Jews, money, myth, which runs until July
1: 7th.
0: It's the brainchild of the museum's chief executive, Abigail Morris, and Abigail joins us shortly. Before that, and closer to home, this Sunday the thesha Radkar will visit the Sikh temple in Sandy Mountain, Dublin, the only one in Ireland, as part of their celebrations of Vaisakhi, the celebration of the holiest day of the Sikh year. Sikhs are also in the news this week as An-Ghar the Shikona has said that Sikh men who would be members of the force are free to wear a turban as part of their uniform. Female Muslim Gardhi will also be allowed to wear the hijab. Well, last Sunday, the streets of Sandymount and Balls Bridge were awash with the colour saffron when approximately 2,000 Sikhs turned out for the annual Asaki celebrations, and our reporter Louise Denver was there for us.
2: Ireland's only Sikh temple is at 78 Serpentine Avenue in Sandy Mount, Dublin.
3: My name is Dirneed Singh Jolly and I'm from uh, Mumbai. I uh, relocated to Dublin like six months ago from Philadelphia and I've been uh, living very close to the temple and uh, come here on every Sunday to participate in remembering the Lord's name, the group, and providing food to the homeless as well on every Tuesday.
2: Almost 2,000 people will gather here for a parade through the local area.
4: Hi, I'm I'm Silky. I'm from Ireland. we living in Swords. We came for to
5: the prayer. Get in the prayer. Yeah,
4: get a prayer. I'm Shagun. I'm nine.
5: I am
6: Kamala Rani. Kamala
5: My name is Kumar Gaurav and I'm from Swords. And we came to celebrate a Sikh culture, big big date for the Sikh community today and we're going to get in the brain now.
2: This week, Sikhs across the world will celebrate the 320th together.
6: My name is Dr. Gursharan Singh. I'm living here from last 11 years in Ireland. Sikhism was founded by Guru Nanak in the 15th century when the world was seriously divided into based on religion, caste, and uh, there are a lot of gender inequality, racial discriminations going on. So uh, this is how it evolves uh, at the start. And the concept of God uh, in Sikhism is Vaheguru. Vaheguru means uh, which is shapeless, timeless, and invisible, basically. And Sikh ethics is is the analogy between the spiritual development and everyday conduct. Sikhism is the fifth largest religion in the world based on the number of followers. the so message from our founder was keep God in heart all the time and live honestly, work hard and treat everyone equally. Be generous to the less fortunate and serve others. This
2: is just one of many events in the Sikh calendar. Can you describe what this month means?
6: This is a very special
3: month. It basically is a New Year for Sikhs and this is the month where our 10th uh, uh, Guru, Guru Gobind Singh Ji, actually started the foundation of Sikhism by keeping the name of the five, which is called as Panj uh, pyare the five gurus of Sikh. This day in the history is known as the day when when the Sikhism was formed. Can
2: you described the building for me it's very distinctive and I, I remember passing it before and it, it stands out here in the suburban landscape of Sandimand. You know
6: as per my knowledge like this was a theatre previously and this was converted from theatre to temple so you can see a large hall when you enter and that's a main hall and on the back side we have a Lunger Hall. Lunger Hall is where we offer free food. This is very interesting because our founder, Guru Nanak, his actually father gave him 20 rupees, which is for business, basically, to go to the market and do some sort of business because his father was a businessman. It was the first time for him, you know, so when he was going with his friend, let's say, on their way to the market, they saw a lot of people were hungry. They had no clothes, they had no food to eat and they were hungry. So what he decided, like, why shouldn't I do a business which will feed them free of cost, give them clothes, so that they can feel happy. So the concept starts from there, which is called Sacha Soda. Sacha Soda means soda means business, and Sacha means truth. So it's a true business for a humanity to serve other humans, to provide free food. If you go to any Gurdwara all over the world, you, you will be, irrespective of your religion, caste, or your social status, it doesn't matter. You have to sit down with all other people on the floor, on the mat, and doesn't matter if you're a politician or a big rich man or a poor man. You have to sit with everybody equally and eat like a free food there. So this is how it started.
2: So you always eat here?
6: We always, uh, whenever we uh, visit temple, so we all eat here. My name's Arminder Singh Gura.
2: There's this food here today. You're yeah, I'm just volunteering.
6: One, just traditional Indian food. So there's aloo tikkis, which are potatoes. There's the bread pakora, which is bread and it's battered in um, ground flour and deep fried. There's the pakoras, which are vegetable, and they're deep-fried as well, a bit better. And, yeah, that's it. Cha, ja, which is the normal, traditional Indian tea. There are spices, and that's what you'd smell. They're really strong smells. You know, if you see uh, all the preparation here, nobody has said, look, you have to come. No, everybody is doing from their heart, and um, they, they are dividing their duties.
4: I'm Jaspal Kor, and from Dublin. I'm staying here since two years. My name is Tree.
1: I'm five. My name is Diltej. I'm five.
4: It's a great feeling today to be a part of this procession. So I'm looking forward to this. He's my son, elder son, Gurtej Singh, and he's 12 years old. He's going to the sixth standard. So you were born in India? Yeah. I was born in India, so I just came here. I'm really liking the schools over here. It's like. They're really good. You, I noticed you put the orange
2: scarf on the priest. Everyone is wearing this saffron colour.
4: Yeah, uh, saffron, it's the colour of the Sikh. Uh, as you can see, this is the Nishan Sahib, uh, which is the flag of our Sikhs. It is a Quesri colour. So we are just representing the same thing. So we are trying to wear uh, something of those shades, you know. People don't identify Sikhs here. They confuse with other religions. So it's a good thing, like people come to know, because I see a lot of question marks on people, you know, they don't know who we are. Just you'll be singing hymns today yeah. with a group from the community. Yes. What kind of songs will you sing and what do they represent? Uh, actually, they are the hymns which are taken from our Guru Granth Sahib, which is our present Guru. The hymns have different meanings, but all are taken from our holy book which is the Guru Granth Sahib.
3: The song we say is like a prayer. It's, it's all written in the book, which is called the Holy Granth Sahib book, which has been written by our ten gurus and these are called as shabads and the shabads are basically the message given by the guru
4: I, I will be like holding flags and banners or like in the
2: parade this is your first time attending the parade in, yeah, here in san diego yeah yeah
4: it's a great feeling like i, I was very excited about it you know like uh, uh, waiting for it eagerly you know so let's see like how it goes today
5: I'm a Singh and uh, normally uh, we are seven people who are main organizer here.
2: The plan for today is starting here in yeah. Serpentine Avenue yeah. and then you're moving through to Herbert Road. How long will that parade take?
5: Near about four to five kilometers.
2: You're using a walkie talkie today, yeah, you're yeah, organizing yeah, yeah. this yeah, yeah, event
5: essentially. Yeah, yeah. Security is the main concern, so we are coordinating with Garda as well. They will instruct us. We will pass through information to everyone, you know, because it is much easier. There is no need to run here and there, you know.
2: And you have ambitions to enter the Garda Reserves?
5: Actually, when I was in India and uh, that time, even in Indian force, I tried my best to go in there. Still, it is in something, something in me. It would be great if I would be in Garda reserve and I can help them in the development of the community because I know my language as well and it would be helpful for them as well, you know, if they want me to translation or something like that.
2: You wear a turban and yeah. earlier this month it was announced that Sikhs in the Gardai are permitted now to wear a turban. Yeah. What does that mean for
5: you? The main thing is like, first of all, this is not just a piece of cloth, it is turban. It is kind of a, you know, our crown as well. So that's why it is more important than even ourselves as well. Just to show like we are very unique. You can just easily identify like this man is Sikh.
4: My, I'm Kiran yeah, and we live here in Tony. Uh, I'm just uh, going with the procession. Uh, yeah, Nothing doing something special, but it, they're following them. It, it's a kind of get together and to spread the message that our religion gives to us.
5: My name is Jagpreet Singh. Actually, I'm one of the directors from the Gurdwara Sikh in Dublin. So today you're giving a miniature Irish flag. Yeah, right? we're just giving kids Irish flags. We just want to show equality. We're the part of the country, you know. We want to blend in the country as much as we can. So there is no any difference whether we are Sikhs or you people are Irish. We all treat is, treated everybody equally as
7: one. I'm Greg back. I'm
5: Emily
7: Rose. I'm your dad David here, yeah. This is your house here on the
2: route. Have you seen
7: this parade before? No, we've only, we only just moved in here now and we, we heard there was a, going to be a parade here today now and the colour is just fantastic. And what's really great is they've given out, I didn't know anything about this, so they're giving us a brochure bro- bro- telling us about the whole sea C- culture and community and what they're doing here in Ireland. It's funny, I'm actually learning about this in school. And then seeing it here now is amazing. It's amazing. Actually, they actually clean the roads here when the leaves get dirty. It was on, but we came here one day and saw bags of leaves. So we didn't know who did it. We thought it was the corporation did it. The community they do it here to to thank the community. This
6: is a traditional way of the arts we are doing. This is the traditional way of the Sikh arts that we, we we perform. That's like in the old age. Like these are the arts they do. They they, they make the, the Sikhs ready for the for the for the war. this and that.
2: Throughout the braid, groups are practicing Gatka, a form of martial arts.
7: My name is Hajinda Singh, I'm the lead instructor for this group.
2: People have come from far and wide for the celebration. Yeah,
7: I'm from Birmingham myself. performing with, with different instruments swords, sticks, bow staffs, shields, balls, and chains. You
2: wear a dagger as well?
7: It's called a kidapan, which means merciful sword. So it's not for using arrogance or hatred or bad, it's only for the good of others to protect the weak and those who can't fend for themselves. That's one of the five Ks.
2: There are five symbols of faith worn by Sikhs, known as the five Ks.
7: We have a comb. is a kanga. It keeps our hair neat. But we have the cutter, which is the bangle. The long long undergarment, which is comes to our knees. And then we have the dagger. And we have the unshorn hair, which is gift from, we believe hair is a gift from God. So I'm
1: Ben. I'm
2: Sam. Oh, what age are you, Sam? Four. What are you holding there in your hands? My
1: poster.
2: So You have an orange poster to wish everyone here well today.
1: Yes. I made it at
2: my friend's. And what does your poster say?
1: Happy Basiki. Happy Basiki. It
4: says, have a fun parade.
0: Louise Denver there at the parade in Dublin last Sunday, marking the most important festival of the Sikh calendar... The Jewish Passover begins on Friday next, April 19th and is a commemoration of their liberation by God from persecution and slavery in ancient Egypt and their freedom as a nation under the leadership of Moses. The Christian celebration of Good Friday finds its roots in the Jewish feast of Passover, the evening on which Jesus was crucified as the Passover Lamb. While taking place throughout this period is an exhibition called Jews, Money, Myth – which runs until the 7th of July at the Jewish Museum in London. It sets out to explore the role of money in Jewish life, discovering the ideas, myths and stereotypes that link Jews and money over the course of 2,000 years. Some of the artefacts on display range from a 1933 Oxford dictionary that defines the verb Jew as to cheat or overreach, and a family board game from 1807 called The New and Fashionable Game of the Jew, Featuring a central illustration of an opulently dressed bearded figure smiling while hoarding money. Well, joining me from London is the director of the Jewish Museum, Abigail Morris, and on the line from Dundalk is broadcaster and commentator on Jewish affairs in Ireland, Yankee Fackler, who's also on the board of the Irish Jewish Museum. You're both very welcome to the leap of faith. Abigail, can I start with you? Uh, The idea, I suppose, that comes into a lot of people's heads would be there would have been plenty of propaganda generated by the Nazis towards the Jews, but this goes back much further back, over 2,000 years.
8: It does, yes. It's interesting that you pick that out because most of the English um, and British um, journalists have asked if it's in response to what's been going on in the Labour Party in the last six months. And uh, the answer is that the exhibition uh, was planned about five, six years ago, so it's not a reactive exhibition about uh, Jeremy Corbyn and what's been going on uh, there, but it also looks way back, and one of the things that's really interesting is, for example, it's interesting you bring out the, the Nazi party, Michael, because in fact one of the things that famously the Nazis did is made all the Jews wear a yellow star, and we see a bit of graffiti in medieval in 1275 from England um, which portrays a hook-nosed Jew and the Jews in 1275 were um, made to wear uh, uh, badges um, to mark them out as Jews so that even that uh, thing so the trope about them being hook-nosed dates right back and also the thing about having to wear badges to identify them in, in those days it wasn't a star it was a thing that looked like tablets of stone uh, the, the Ten Commandments but they had to wear that badge.
0: We hear the idea that in order to uh, subjugate or eliminate uh, a population that you have to generate another or a difference. How long and when did that difference start? Because even in the Christian faith, there was an idea that Judas being the different Jew from Jesus and the other disciples.
8: Yes, it's really interesting because Judas is often seen as sort of archetypally Jewish, whereas, of course, Jesus and all the disciples were Jewish. Um, but what's really fascinating, and uh, something I didn't know till I started working on the exhibition, was that Judas wasn't seen negatively until the Middle Ages. So it, it, Judas, uh, the beginning of early Christian um, thought was Judas was obviously a, a very close friend of Jesus and also was part of the story of his being crucified, without which... Obviously, humanity wouldn't have been saved in Christian theology. And so what's interesting is the the negative stereotype of of Judas and him being seen as archetypally Jewish came out of the stereotyping and the anti-Semitism around Jews and money. So what's interesting is Judas wasn't seen as negative until the church started to try and point at Jews and say they're usurers. They're greedy. They're moneylenders. And then they, they then created Judas as this kind of evil, tempted by the devil, greedy um, person who would betray their best friend for money.
0: I'm curious as to what the reaction was when you maybe first mooted the idea of the title, Jews, Money and the Myth.
8: Well, uh, I have had faith to say that when I mooted the idea, it was quite nervous uh, my board and some of our supporters are really nervous and just saying Jews and money makes a lot of Jews really scared that they just feel we should keep quiet and really people are feeling very frightened particularly at the moment Um Funny enough, we actually had a different title and because of the fear around the whole exhibition, we did a whole lot of focus groups to allay people's fears and see what was right. The original title, in fact, was loaded, question mark, because we thought that was quite interesting, the term being loaded, and but that got a very, negative, <laughs> a very negative reaction from our focus group and so we changed it to Jew's Money Myth, which is still quite punchy but seemed to be less. Scary for people.
0: It's an interesting idea because for any population to be described as, as wealthy and loaded and with access to money, in some cultures would actually be somewhat of a compliment.
8: Yes. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about the exhibition that it shows is that wealth didn't necessarily mean power. So you had Jews who were wealthy in the medieval at times and in 19th century, although the vast majority of Jews were dirt poor. And, of course, that's something that is often gets forgotten, and the exhibition is careful to point out. But that the Jews themselves and all their property was, were owned by the king. Um, so their wealth was, was only totally contingent on the king's uh, wishes. And when debts were accrued, uh, the king got rid of all the Jews. Um, and there's one document where it's a, saying to a Christian, don't lend your property to a, a Jew, not because, not about anything antisemitic, but just because, well, the king can come and claim it because it will actually be then owned by the king. So one of the things is, and, and obviously your point about Nazi Germany, there were lots of very wealthy Jews as well who, who were murdered by the, by the Nazis. So it's not as if wealth actually does really equal power.
0: I'm chatting with Abigail Morris, who's the director of the Jewish Museum. Abigail, we'll come back to the exhibition specifically in a moment, but I want to bring Yankee Fackler in here now as well. Yankee, did we in Ireland continue that trope, that meme of, uh, of the Jew money uh, as, as, as it's been described today?
1: Uh, there was, in the middle of um, what was called here the emergency, and uh, in Britain, of course, it's known as World War II, a new member of the Irish Parliament made his maiden speech. His name is Oliver Flanagan. He's the, um, actually the father of the, today's uh, Minister for Justice. And he stood up in his maiden speech, and he spoke about um, the Jews having crucified uh, Jesus. The Jews were crucifying uh, the Irish every day. And he finished his speech as follows. Uh, where there are bees, there is the honey, where there are Jews, there is the money. And he congratulated Germany, this is in 1943, in the middle of the war, for routing the Jews and doing the right thing.
0: Where did that permission come from, that a man could do that?
1: the, The question is, it's not where the permission came from, why did not a single solitary deputy make any objection to what he said in the door that's the uh, that's the question which 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 i think is is uh, is, is a more important one uh, to answer um michael it's interesting we we you and i've discussed um, anti-Semitism in the past and one of the things that occurred to me when i was reading through all the press reports on um abigail's um exhibition in in the wonderful jewish london jewish museum which i which of course i've been to is that Some people literally do not understand what or where or why anti-Semitism. I've been asked, like, but why is there anti-Semitism from people who honestly cannot fathom what makes an anti-Semite? So it's... uh, an interesting response, especially in the light of this
0: um, exhibition. Abigail, I'm nervous of making a comparison here for a moment. But if, as Irish people were to set a, a similar museum in, in, in place as to how they were perceived over the years, the, the tropes would be somewhat similar. Similar to how the Jews
8: have been perceived. Yes,
0: as it, well as in you know in but the caricatures or the grotesque face, etc. I'm thinking back to you know, for example, Punch magazine in the
6: Punch UK. Punch
8: magazine, yes. yeah. Yes, I suppose. That's true. I, I don't, I mean, I'm not an expert on uh, Irish history. Um, so, I, I, I mean, and there is all, often the thing, and the absolutely Irish have been very discriminated against, there's no blacks, no Irish, when uh, they, uh, when people tried to come over, particularly in the 50s, into Britain. Um, but I think the thing about the um, anti-Semitic tropes is they go, it's 2,000 years, and it's, mm. I think the thing uh, uh, that Yankee was saying is they're so embedded that some people don't even realize how embedded they are. I mean, there's a li- just a very little example, I suppose, is is people talk about um, Jesus cleaning the, the money lenders from the temple. And that's kind of... Everybody says that there's lots of imagery in, in stained glass. We have a, a beautiful stained glass uh, 16th century uh, panel from, from from Germany, actually, for, which we've borrowed from the VNA. and And actually... They weren't money lenders in the temple. There were, money, um, there were money exchanges in the sense that people had to give a tax. You came, everyone had to, all Jews had to give a tax to the temple of a, half a shekel. So there were money people who would give you change or change your money if you, um, you didn't have the right amount. Um, and how that's just gone into the, the common mm-hmm. knowledge as Christ having to clean the temple of, of all these usurers. Uh, money lenders which they, they weren't there
0: but I think Abigail um, you also have your own experience I, I think that you you mentioned uh, elsewhere about you being at school and uh, I think was it the Merchant of Venice was due to be put on
8: yeah no we were just reading Merchant of Venice at school and uh, I think I was about 12 and an English teacher who I really adored actually and I, uh, we, we were reading around the class and giving out parts and she said "Oh, Abigail you're Jewish you should play Shylock At the time, I thought, oh, okay, I didn't really think. So I started reading, and she said, no, no, Abigail, do the Jewish voice. And I said, oh, what do you mean? And she said, you know, do the Jewish voice. And I'm the kind of person who likes to please people, and I was quite upset that I couldn't do it. I didn't know what she meant. And I went home, and I said to my parents, who... You know, speak in a similar accent to me. Who were born in in in, in uh, London, and I said, "What did they? What did what did she mean? Do the Jewish voice?" And they said, "No, that's that's her. And, and they actually said, "Of course," which is interestingly, she said. They also said, "What she's talking about is a caricature of a um, sort of late nineteenth-century Middle European Jew." Oh, and of course, actually, around Shylock, mm. the, that 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 Jewish voice didn't even exist. Um, uh, yeah. and
0: Fagin in Oliver was another one of those caricatures that you think of as well. Yeah.
8: Absolutely. And what was interesting when we did the focus um, groups was uh, m- uh, most people, most non-Jews didn't know that Shylock was Jewish, mm. which, I f- which I found really surprising because if you were Jewish, you were so aware of that, <laughs> that, that idea of the Merchant of Venice yeah. and, they, and they didn't know. And these were, these were educated um, people who go to plays and, and, and uh, museums all the time. Um, But just should say, just in terms of also telling the fuller story, we've got a very beautiful, um, a loan that I was incredibly excited about, Mm. is a Rembrandt, and it's a Rembrandt from a private collection, so it hasn't been seen for a very long time. But what's interesting is the picture that Rembrandt, it's of Judas, but it's of Judas returning the money. Um, And in Matthew it says that Judas tried to return the 30 pieces of silver, penitent Judas, and that's what the painting is. And it's very beautiful, but I think it's very interesting that Rembrandt chose to show a different side of Judas that it wasn't the Judas being tempted by the devil or being evil, but actually this very humane, distraught person who feels terrible about having done the, the wrong thing.
0: Well, the exhibition runs until the 7th of July at the Jewish Museum in London. You can get more information at jewishmuseum.org.uk. Yankee, of course, we have our own Jewish Museum here in Ireland.
1: Uh, we do. Um, it's really known most by um, tourists and by schools. Um, it hasn 't really managed yet to break into the uh, to the mainstream, but it 's been going for a few decades now it 's got some delightful uh, artifacts unfortunately it 's not big enough uh, to host uh, the sort of um, exhibition that we might uh, we might be able to host but i 'm hoping that um, the, the, the museum will one day be able to address specific exhibitions such as this one because this is a really really important subject.
0: Yankee Fackler, board member of the Irish Jewish Museum and Abigail Morris, director of the Jewish Museum in London. Thank you for joining us.
8: Thank you very much indeed.
0: And before we leave you this week, a quick mention that Father Pat Collins, who was a guest on the programme last week, is giving a talk about his book Freedom from Evil Spirits, released from fear, addiction and the devil. That's in Newman University Church on St Stephen's Green next Wednesday, April 17th at seven o'clock. So, until next week from producer Sheila O'Callaghan and me, Michael Cummins. Good night.